1: up everybody welcome back to another episode of late night drive my name is ellie schnitt i am your fearless podcast host slash driver i guess since people like when i say driver even though i think it sounds silly but whatever i'm driving you you're in the shotgun seat let's chat i hope you had a great week i hope it was good I, i genuinely do if it wasn't you're in the right place let's chat let's talk it out can i just say the vibes this week versus the vibes last week it's a full 180 i don't know if you can even tell from the way i'm talking right now i'm like feeling this week. Maybe it's because I just sat outside for like an hour in the sun and I was soaking up some vitamin D, which I desperately needed. Frankly, I could use lots of different kinds of vitamin D, but (laughs) the sun was good enough. The sun, the sun helped. Um, yeah, the vibes this week are way better than last week. Last week, I was like, I don't know if we're gonna make it, guys. Like, I don't know if, uh, if we're gonna make it. This week, I'm feeling flirty, fun, fresh. Gone on a lot more flirty little walks because the weather has just been gorgeous. I went on like a three mile walk the other day, which was very impressive for somebody like me who normally walks a couple times around the block and then I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm good. But it was so nice out. I didn't want to go in. It was that perfect like 68 degrees, warm in the sun, lovely, lovely little breeze, like gorgeous. And I was with my friend, one of my friends, she's a nurse, but she, um, she's got Tuesdays off, I think Tuesdays and Fridays off because her boss only works, you know, however many days a week and she's his uh, personal nurse. That sounds weird. Like he's like the head of surgery and she's his nurse. So if he's not working, she's not working. So anyway, she's got Tuesdays off. So we went on this nice long walk and she was telling me, oh my God, I don't even remember. This is going to be a very garbled explanation of what she told me. But basically she said... She told me that if you are in forward motion, like your body is propelling forward in some way, um, not driving, but I think if you're like using your arms or your legs to propel yourself forward, you know, biking, rollerblading, um, skateboarding, scootering, walking, it means that, oh God, not a scientist. Basically, she said, basically, ugh, something about the your eyes, <laughs> your eyes have to use like their peripheral your peripheral vision more. And and it stimulates your brain in a different way. um, And it releases all those good hormones that you need, that dopamine, that uh, serotonin and oxytocin. That might be a drug. No, that's oxycontin. So sorry. (laughs) Anyways, I did not do well in chemistry. Can you tell? Anyways, that that self-perpetuated forward motion, that's what she said, um, makes your makes your brain happy. So the flirty little walk is really good for you because you have to be more like aware of your surroundings. And so it like makes your brain (laughs) work a little harder and it stimulates you in some way. And so it brings out all those good feelings. So I was I was right. Obviously we knew that moving your body in some way every day is good for you. But now we know the scientific um half of it. So yeah, go on your flirty little walks. I've been doing it. It makes me so much happier and now I know why. Exciting. I know that you all follow this podcast for the um, scientific research that I do, so I'm glad that I can continue <laughs> continue to provide it. Today's a good day. Um, today I'm in a really good mood even though I'm fucking, I'm so tired. I'm doing this um, thing in therapy right now. It's called CBTI. It's Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, Therapy, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, CBTI, um, because I my sleep schedule is so fucked. And it sucks like I'm not even going to lie if you are somebody who struggles with insomnia and you're looking for help I'm sure that this works I can already tell that it, it works but it does suck it's not fun um, like the CBTI protocol uh, like for example I can't you're like training your brain to, to think of your bed only as somewhere where you sleep which just sucks because me and my bed, my bed and I, we are besties. We are pals. (laughs) I would take my bed with me anywhere I went if I could. So that just sucks. Like you're only supposed to try to sleep for 20 minutes. And if you don't fall asleep in 20 minutes, you have to like get up, go to another room or go to the couch or a chair or something and like read or have a cup of tea or like do something until you get sleepy and then go back in bed and try for another 20 minutes. But I like am so anxious about feeling sleepy that I have not been falling asleep till like three in the morning. But then you have to wake up at the same time every day. Like that's the whole thing. Cause like you can't sleep unless you're tired. So like the idea is to kind of make you tired and then stick to your schedule. And I think it's working, but it fucking blows. It sucks. I hate it. I'm Miz. I'm not enjoying it, but yeah, I'm sleepy, but I'm still kind of vibing today. Today is just like, it's gorgeous out. That always helps fucking sailor man though I don't know if you remember him um okay so I left my headband like just a headband truly a headband I mean it was kind of an expensive headband I don't know why I spent money on this headband it was really cute but I left it at his apartment um after the first time we that the first time I hung out at his apartment which is a shame cute headband but like whatever you know it's a headband how many times can I say headband in one podcast so obviously things did not work out with us. It's okay. He's still in my sky, whatever. I have no hard feelings. He like texted me and he's like, hey, I was spring cleaning and I found your headband. Like, do you want it? Like I can drop it off for you for sure. And I was kind of like, no, I'm good. <laughs> it's literally just a headband. I really don't need it. It's fine. Part of me because A, I don't really need it. It's a headband. And B, partly, <laughs> partly because B... I don't know. I was like, what do you really want? Like, do you really want to give me this fucking headband or do you want to see me again? Like, what's like, what are we doing here, man? Say what you want. Tell me what you want. So he's like, no, no, no it's fine. Like, I can definitely drop it off for you. And I was like, OK, well, if you're ever around my neighborhood, just let me know. D- three different times now. I haven't been home or I haven't been cute and didn't want to see him and had to lie and say, I'm not home. Um, He's been like, oh, I'm like around like I have your headband. Like, can I drop it off for you? Okay, the man is trying harder to see me to return this headband than he tried to see me when we were actually seeing each other. America, explain, like, explain to me what is happening here right now. Like, are Kansas? Like, I'm like really confused, sir. <laughs> I beg your pardon. Like, what are we doing here? What do you want? What do you want? I don't understand what's going on, and I don't like it. <laughs> So I might see him today to get the fucking headband back. Or not. Because I really don't care about the headband. I don't know why he's so insistent on giving me this headband. Like, throw it out, man. I, I don't... I, anyways. So that's been happening. Oh my god. And there was one more thing I wanted to tell you guys in the... What is this called? Weekend update thing? It's not really a weekend update. Okay. Okay. Listen. Actually a couple background notes before I get into this. One, I can't like work or do anything that I need to focus without background noise. And I'll go to a coffee shop or something, but sometimes I like have too much shit that I would have to cart over to the coffee shop. So I'm like, fuck it. Like I'll stay at home, whatever. And in that case, I still need background noise. Music doesn't really work for me. Podcasts don't really work for me because I feel like I have to pay attention to them. So I'll put on like a Twitch stream if you're like me, I would check it out because it does work because it's kind of like, I don't really need to pay attention to what you're doing. Like you're playing video games or you're watching videos or you're just like chatting. Like I don't have to really pay attention, but there's like kind of noise going on in the background. It, it's nice. One of my favorite streamers, um, Hassan Piker, who I like, A, because he's attractive, B, because I'm learning a lot about politics, just by osmosis, just by kind of having him on in the background. And See, because like I mentioned before, he's very attractive. Um, (laughs) Also easy to tune out. Anyways, I had his stream on the other night when I was cleaning. And this is not a joke. Like, I'm not kidding. I'm not like, I'm not making this up. This happened. He starts doing a tier list of animals that he could take in a fight. And I stopped what I was doing. I was like, oh my God, I have to watch this because this is like empirical evidence for my theory that men think that they can take Animals and fights, like ridiculous animals and fights. And so I'm really excited. I'm like, oh, let's see what this what this man says. To his credit, he did pretty well. Oh, if you have if this is your first time listening to the show, um, when I have a guest on, I ask the guests what kind of animal they would be if they were an animal, and then could they take that animal in a fight. And I've only had women on, and my theory has been, if I had a man on, he would say he could take the animal no matter what the animal is. That's been my theory. haven't had a man on the podcast yet, so I don't know if it's true. That's my theory if you haven't heard any of the other episodes. Anyways, so I'm listening, I'm watching. To his credit, he did not say he could fight, like, a bear or, like, a lion or a gorilla. Like, he, he was pretty good about the Predator's. But he did he did say one that I thought was so ridiculous that I wrote it down in my notes app and was like, I have to talk about this on the podcast because it's the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, this man, <laughs> this man who I generally think is very intelligent and whose opinion I respect on most things, this man <laughs> said that he could win in a fight against, are you ready for this? You're not going to believe the animal coming out of my mouth right now. He said he could win in a fight against a blue whale. (laughs) A blue whale? Sir, a blue... Do you know how big blue whales are? Are you... Do you have any awareness of how gigantic those fucking things are? They are huge. Yes, they're gentle giants. If you uh, came across one in the the ocean blue, maybe it wouldn't hurt you. But this is a scenario where you are both sentient beings who are looking at each other and thinking, I need to destroy you. That whale is going to fuck you up, okay? I think his argument was like, okay, well, even if the whale ate me, you know, its body couldn't digest me and then it would die. I don't know where you got that information from. I don't know who told you that. It's a fucking whale, man. You know, the human body... Sometimes we eat things that we're not supposed to eat, right? How many toddlers swallow various things that they shouldn't eat? And um, what happens to those things? Those things that, that the body can't digest? Where do they go? They go through the digestive system, system and they come out the other end. You think, you're arrogant enough to think that a gigantic fucking blue whale could not just like digest your meat parts and then poop out your bones... Truly, do you really think that that would not happen because you're crazy? You're crazy if you think that. I think a whale couldn't handle eating you, a person. I'm sure people have been eaten by whales before. I'm sure that they don't mean to eat people, but if they did, it's not like the end of the world. I just thought that was ridiculous. The hubris, the arrogance of this man to think that he could beat a blue whale in a fight. (laughs) I know it's not that deep. I know it's not that serious, but I was kind of fired up about it and then also feeling really validated and vindicated because it proved my point that men think that they can take animals in fights, which is a commonly known thing. I'm not like I didn't come up with it, but now I know if I ever <laughs> if I ever had a sound biker on the podcast, which I won't because I don't know what we would talk about. Not that he's not great, but again, I, he, it's not a great fit for the show. He would say that he could he could win in a fight against that animal. (laughs) I just really had to tell you guys that because I was like, wait, what? The biggest animal I think I could take in a fight is like a rat, maybe a hedge a hedgehog, maybe a a porcupine. If I gotten like a good kick, I don't know. I'm I'm not somebody who thinks I'm not arrogant enough to to assume that the human body is equipped. In ways that animal bodies are not. If we had the same brain. That's all I'm saying. That's why I'm so scared of horses. Horses are super fucking smart. If a horse wants you dead. You're dead. I do not fuck with them. They're gigantic. They're way bigger than you think that they are. Plus they've got um, strong jaws and teeth. And legs. And they just like can kick you. They're very scary. And I don't care for how intelligent they are. And we're very <laughs> off topic. So why don't we have a quick chat about. What we're actually going to talk about today on today's fun little episode, the 11th episode of Late Night Drive. All right, let's talk. We're going to have a quick chat about outfits for spring. Going through a couple scenarios that you guys submitted to me on Instagram, um, and we're going to talk about like what do we wear in these spring scenarios. Then I got a question submitted in my Discord server that asked me to talk about how to create a good work-life balance which we've kind of covered, but like, let's go into more detail about it. Um, And then the last thing I got a DM from somebody who asked, how do you know if you're ready, quote unquote, ready to go out and date again? So if that sounds fun to you, interesting to you, spicy to you, let's get on into it. All right, then. <laughs> it's Tuesday, isn't it. I'm so sorry. I'm in such a good mood today. All right, let's talk about these outfit ideas. So I got a lot of submissions here, a lot of thoughts, a lot of ideas of various things we want to do in the spring, but we, we're not totally sure how to dress for. And I just want to go through them a little bit with some ideas. All right, <laughs> let's start with uh, something I saw a lot. Picnic, going on a picnic, picnic date, picnic with friends, picnic on your own, picnic with family, picnic for Easter, picnic. What do we do with a picnic? What are we supposed to, how do we dress? Okay, I'll tell you right now, there's a couple considerations we want to have here. A, what kind of picnic are we talking here? Are we sitting on the ground? Are we sitting on a picnic bench thing? If you're sitting on the ground, I'm gonna tell you this, you want your legs covered. You want those things wrapped up. I would suggest if it's like more of a flirty little date kind of situation, or if you just are kind of more of a dress gal, a midi or a maxi dress is the perfect thing for a picnic because you're gonna be sitting on the ground, your legs will be covered, you're not gonna flash anybody. Um, Also then you don't need to worry about what your legs look like when you're sitting down, like they're fine, they're covered. I think that's just the best way to go. Just like not even having to worry about the lower half of your body. It's comfortable. It's breezy. You're going to be fine. You can wear a cardigan over top in case you get cold. I think it's the perfect fit. If you are not a dress girly, you're not a skirt girly, that is not like your vibe. Some kind of like flowy linen type pant. Maybe not flowy, but, but lighter. Um, like not a jean. I think jeans can be kind of uncomfortable to sit down in. I guess if you're wearing a big jean. If you're going for like the tiny top big pant look, which we love, we love to see a tiny top big pant moment, but they would have to be like pretty comfy jeans that you're comfortable sitting on the ground in. So it's something more like linen, a little flowier, a little maybe it has a little stretch to it, something that is just more comfortable to sit on the ground in. the pattern and not in too light of a fabric because you don't want to get dirt on it or grass stain or something like that. I don't know. You can't trust these picnic blankets, man. Anything could seep through. Plus, like, ew, there's bugs, you know? (laughs) I don't want bugs on my legs. Disgusting. Remember when you'd be a little kid and you'd be, like, sitting in the grass at a, oh, God, I don't know, like a parade or something, and the ants would crawl over your, ugh, can't, mm mm-mm, nope, no, 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 no. So that is my suggestion for picnic is something that just covers your legs so you don't have to even worry about your lower half because that is what I always worry about. Is my butt covered? Am I flashing someone? Do my legs look weird? Are my thighs squishing out funny? Which is okay, we love thigh squish, but if you're uncomfortable with that and you don't want to even think about that, long. Cover it. Just cover it. It's easier. Plus, in case it gets chilly, you have something covering your legs. And it's easier to borrow a jacket from somebody than, I don't know, borrow a pant? You would never borrow a pant. I guess you could tuck the blanket on you, but I digress. So picnic date, I got a lot of that. I also got a lot of like outdoor concert. Somebody said they were going to see John Mulaney um, outdoor at Red Rocks when it's supposed to be like cold and windy. Um, Someone said they were going to like an outdoor country concert. A lot of outdoor concerts. All right. What are we wearing for a concert? Okay. I'm so sorry that I'm about to sound like your mother, but I am. So (laughs) here it comes. I loathe, I despise. There are two things that I cannot do one I cannot if my feet start hurting it's over it's canceled it's done I'm leaving same with if I get chilly if I'm chilly the night's over it's not I can't I can't focus I can't enjoy myself nothing is going to continue so I would rather wear comfortable shoes and be a little bit like wearing a few more layers than maybe necessary than wear something that isn't comfortable and doesn't cover me up as much because those two things especially at a concert where you are standing for a long time I'm not I'm not doing it you might have a higher tolerance for those kinds of discomfort than I do but man I can't I can't stand them so what I would suggest is sneakers definitely sneakers they can be fashionable sneakers I mean you don't need to be wearing your like I don't know. Your dad's new balances, unless that's fashionable. I don't know. I'm not really a fashionable person. <laughs> you can wear your like AF1s or whatever, but like, yeah, something that is comfortable to stand in because you don't want to be dealing with, yeah, you don't want to deal with the, 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 the feet pain. Foot pain sucks. When I was a server and I would start getting that foot pain, oh man, the whole night's over. You, you spend the whole time like Because we were on our feet for 12 hours, you know. So it would be like, oh, my God. Once your feet go, you're done. Like, (laughs) there's nothing. Nothing in the brain. Nothing's happening. All you think about is getting to sit down. So comfortable shoe. Somebody said country concert. I mean, if your cowboy boots are comfortable, I guess you can wear your cowboy boots. I had a very comfortable pair of cowboy boots in in college. Definitely a good idea. And then the second half of that, you want to wear layers of some kind. So I would not just wear, like... A tank top and a jacket. Like, wear something where you might get a little hot in it, but you can take it off if you get hot. Layers are definitely your friend whenever you're going to be outside at night because it just in the spring, you don't know. It could be a lovely night, it could stay mild, or all of a sudden it could be 30 degrees and you're fucking miserable. So, like, just, you know, be prepared. Don't let yourself get chilly, don't let your feet get hurt. Okay, I did have a couple requests about, like, all right, what do you wear to, like, Easter or Passover or some kind of, like, family event where you're meeting your, your significant other's family at this kind of religious or, like, family holiday event. If you're a dress girly, cute little dress. Not something that is too short. I would go for something that's A-line, so something that um, comes in at the waist and then flares out a bit at the skirt. It's like a very classic, a very like almost innocent silhouette um, that says like, I am a nice young lady. Nothing that shows too much cleavage, but you know, you don't need to be like covered up to the neck, obviously. You can have a little bit of like neck showing. That's probably going to look really nice. Yeah, it's like conservative, but you're not trying to be like Amish about it you know <laughs> like whatever you would think of is like a little more covered up than you would wear out and about with the gals but not so covered up that it's like you do not ever dress like that you don't look like that unless that that's what you wear and probably like a sandal with a little heel something like that and definitely a cardigan uh, definitely a cardigan you want a cardigan you want that cardigan I can't tell you how essential a cardigan is to meeting the family if you're not a dress girly, jeans, like a straight jean or, you know, a jean that you feel comfortable and cute in. And uh, yeah, a cardigan, a little tank top cardigan or a cardigan as a top. I'm telling you, cardigans are like kryptonite to these, <laughs> to, these to these olds. Meeting the family, you're wearing a cardigan, you're in. You're done. You seem sensible. She's a sensible young lady. She wears a cardigan. <laughs> For guys, if you're meeting, I mean, I'm no expert on male fashion, like by any means whatsoever, but just like try and just look nice just look nice. Just don't, don't look like a schlub. Don't wear athletic shorts. Like look normal. Wear a nice pair of jeans and a well-fitting, um, you know, you could even wear a t-shirt if it fits you nicely. A button down, a short sleeve button down or a long sleeve button down. Something that like looks nice and fits you well. As long as it fits you well and you feel comfortable in it, that's fine. And honestly, that's the rule for, for all of this. But I will say cardigan, 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 cardigan. (laughs) Okay. Spring first date. Spring first date. So I have a rule for first dates. It's not a hard and fast rule. It's just something that helps me put out, put together outfits when I'm like obviously nervous because it's a first date. And in this scenario, I'm talking like a dinner or drinks first date, like a nighttime kind of thing. If you're getting coffee, wear a sundress or with a cardigan or wear like a little cute top that shows a little boob but not too much boob and jeans like keep it casual keep it cute if you're going out at night with someone for a first date in the spring actually or any season but like we're talking spring right now the rule is high neck top short short skirt (laughs) or you know jeans and then boobs pick one boobs or legs don't do both you can do both on second third date absolutely first date boobs or legs and that'll help you because then you know, okay, if I'm going to wear jeans, then I can wear something that shows a little bit more boob. If I'm not going to wear jeans, if I'm going to wear like a skirt or something, then I want to be wearing a, a top that covers me up. A tur- like a, um, what are those things? Kind of like a tank top turtleneck thing. Like having one of those body suits that's like just like a black tank top turtleneck and like a little short skirt and then kind of like a little jacket. Cute. Always cute. Because it's like, Ooh, like, I'm a little covered up, but I'm a little not covered up. And, like, I'm very hot, but you only get to know a little bit about me because I don't know if you've earned knowing just how sexy I am. I mean, you can obviously wear whatever you want, whatever makes you feel comfortable, attractive. Yeah, those are, like, the two main... If you feel hot in it and you feel comfortable in it, that's all you need to know. But if you're a little lost and you want, like, a little rule to help you make an outfit, boobs or legs. Short skirt, high top low top, long pant. (laughs) In the spring, it can be cold. Definitely have like a long jacket with that short skirt, you know, a blazer um, or like a leather jacket, a leather blazer, something like that. Something like that is always going to make you look like really nice proportions, make your legs look longer. And depending on the date, you can wear, I guess with first dates, you never know how long it's going to go. So I always wear shoes that at least I can walk a little bit in. Um, Nothing that I like couldn't, walk a while in because you never know. Maybe you end up really, really liking the person. You wanna to go to different spots with them, hang out with them the whole night. You don't want to be like limping around or complaining about how your feet hurt the whole night. So a shoe that is cute, but you can walk in if you have to. That's my first date <laughs> rule. Second third day, you can go full boob everything out. Whatever you want to do. You wanna go full sexy, go full sexy. Ooh, somebody asked about going on like a nicer date like somewhere that's like kind of a fancier restaurant, like a more of an expensive date, this is your opportunity to wear that one outfit that you have in your closet that you're like, I always want to wear it, but it feels a little too fancy to wear on a night out. Like it's not a ball gown, you know. It's not something you might wear to a wedding, but it's just a little bit too nice for your average night out. That's your go-to for that kind of date. Like that outfit that is like a little, it's not quite what you would really wear on a night out but it's not so crazy that it's like whoa this person might be going to like a gala after this I know you have an outfit in your closet that you're like I always want to wear this but it's like a little bit too nice and for the record you can always wear whatever the fuck you want like there is no rule about like oh you don't want to be overdressed stupid dumb you don't want to be overdressed dumb stupid (laughs) I mean I get it I always feel like I'm like well I want to be dressed exactly the way other people are dressed like the same vibe as the way other people are dressed but really like whatever like if you're overdressed it just means you look better than everybody else (laughs) no such thing got a couple about graduation what to wear for graduation a white dress black and white dress something like that always looks nice like don't overthink it Go for a white, go for a black and white. Because it's always going to match whatever gown you're wearing. It matches your hair. It's simple to do makeup. You're going to look classic, classy, like a little grown-up about to enter the workforce or go to college or whatever you're graduating from. White dress or black and white dress. I wore the same. I actually wore the same dress for my high school graduation and my college graduation. Because I thought it was so pretty and it still fit me. So I wore the same dress. And it was black and white. And I think it was perfect someone said beach day when it's not that warm. Shorts, wear a bikini or like a swimsuit, but wear shorts and have like a oversized shirt, like a button-up, an oversized button-up on over it. So you can kind of still wear that or it's not too, um, you're not too exposed. So if it's cold, you won't have to worry about that, but you still look cute and beachy, especially if it's a beachy, like a patterned button-down. I think Urban actually has a couple of really cute pattern button-downs right now, or I have one from Abercrombie that's It's like a linen button down. It's just very light and breezy. That's perfect for that. I got a surprising amount that were asking me what you wear on a fishing date. I do not know if fishing dates are common (laughs) in this country. Like, I have never been asked on a fishing date. And I don't know what I would say if I was. I don't fucking... I have no idea. What? I don't... I I haven't been fishing with anyone except for my dad. I have no idea what you wear on a fishing date. I'm so sorry. I have nothing for you. A hat? (laughs) I don't know, man. I really don't know. Someone suggested cult meeting. Um, One of those peasant-y dresses that they sell at Target, I think. Um, For men, kind of an all-white look. I think that would look really nice. (laughs) Um, I got a question from a guy who... I I can't even believe this question. He said, movie and dinner. Like, do I wear sweatpants or something nice for dinner? Sir, (laughs) what do you think? Obviously, if you're going out for dinner, you're not going to wear sweatpants. What? Do you, uh. I don't mean to be rude, but like, where was the thought on this one? Yes, wear like a nice outfit. Wear jeans and a shirt at least. Jesus Christ. Somebody said hiking date. Still want to look cute, but obviously it's still going to be a lot of working out. All right. I would never, truly, ever over my dead body go on a hiking date, but that's me. A lot of people do. A lot of people go on hiking dates. Get a cute little matching set, get comfortable shoes, and I don't know, like a jacket, a cute jacket. I don't know what the weather is going to be like. The worst would be like overheating and like wearing a gray top with sweat stains. So definitely like something where... It's a nice little two-piece, a legging and a a, a small, like a little teeny crop top kind of deal. Something that keeps you cool, something that you're not going to sweat too much in, but if you do sweat, it's okay. It's not going to show that you still look like cute and flirty and fun in. Or one of those little, um, the dresses, like the traveler dresses at Abercrombie or the Hilara dresses or the aloe dresses, you know, they're like the little tennis dresses that have the shorts underneath them. Those are so cute. They're so flirty, so fun. 10 out of 10, I do recommend. Plus they have shorts under them. So you're not going to chafe or flash anybody. 10 out of 10. And last but not least, somebody asked, baseball game, I do not own any team gear. (laughs) Baseball game, I feel like that's a big spring thing, right? Like going to a baseball game. I'm not really a baseball fan. I've been to one baseball game in my life. But I think the move is wear something neutral, something comfortable, something that you can sit in, something that like you're not going to get cold or hot in, like make sure you're layering appropriately. And then just, listen, I know it's overpriced, but just go and buy a hat. Just go and buy a baseball cap from the thing. You don't have to wear a jersey. You don't have to, like, overthink it, especially if you're not that into it. If you are, if you have a jersey, if you have something cute, like, I'm sure you can put together a cute outfit with that. But if you are, like, not that girl or not that person in general, wear something neutral and comfortable and then just buy a hat and wear the hat. And that is enough. Baseball games are about the food anyway, right? (laughs) It's not about the fashion But definitely wear sunscreen. Wear so much sunscreen, even if it's an evening game, because you're going to get sunburned. And as your mother, I feel it's my duty to inform you that you need to wear sunscreen. Anytime the sun is out, you need to be wearing sunscreen, even in the winter, especially in the winter, in fact. And yeah, if you have any more, we can do a whole thing for summer. We can do a whole thing for winter, fall, whatever. These are just like some spring ideas some spring outfits. I am by no means um, a fashion girly, but I hate trying to come up with outfits by myself. And so if I at least have like an outline, a guideline of what is vaguely the, like vaguely the thing I should be going for, I can put it together with my own closet or with my own, um, you know, whatever I've got. So I hope that that was helpful. If you agree or disagree, I would love to hear about it. Feel free to DM me if you want to fight about anything. I'm again, I'm by no means saying I'm like some kind of fucking expert or authority figure on this, but like, this is just how I feel about things as an anxious girly who feels like, I don't know. I never want to be cold or uncomfortable. So (laughs) these were my suggestions with that in mind. And with that, let's move into our next segment. How do you find a work life balance? Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um. So I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for, gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel like I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and, you know, your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix Or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do. But I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy. And that's why I love today's sponsor, BetterHelp. Because, uh, I mean, there are states in America even where... There's like two therapists that take insurance, you know, like it's really, really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does and BetterHelp makes it super, super easy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give it a try. It is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest, whatever it is, with BetterHelp. BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash LND.
0: This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe
1: every day at
0: Saks.com.
1: Okay, okay. Work-life balance. A lot of accents this time around. Really sorry about it. I think it's because I feel like comfortable talking to you guys. So I'm like, I'm becoming the accent girl, which I am in my normal life. I like, I can't, I am annoying. Like I am an annoying person and I, I'll do a cheeky little accent <laughs> when it's necessary. But anyways, let's talk about work-life balance. We've definitely had little talks about work-life balance, but I want to just, because I got this DM, let me actually read it because it was from my Discord. You are all my children, but I feel a special kinship with my Discord kids. Okay. Okay. So Brooke said, Ellie, can you give me advice on how to create a healthy work-life balance? I know your job is a little less traditional in terms of hours, but every time I work, I just go goblin mode for like eight hours and then spend 5 to 6 p.m. trying to piece back together my mental health. I think this is very common. I think it's very common, especially um, in your 20s for some reason. Like there's no guide especially in our hustle culture today that is telling you like this is how much time you should be devoting to your career and this is how much time you're not especially because I won't lie like there is that pressure to make work your sole focus and for the record there is absolutely nothing wrong with like being a little career focused absolutely nothing wrong with that like we you can love your career you can be really excited about your career and spend your time doing it But I always think about, like, okay, when I'm on my deathbed (laughs) and I'm dying surrounded by my friends and family, will I be like, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I spent all my time doing my job. (laughs) Or will I be like, I'm really glad that I took, you know, I took it a little less seriously and you know, made my own life the focus of my life. I know it's hard because your boss and your coworkers and everyone is putting this pressure on you to act like your job is the most important thing in the world, but it isn't. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. It isn't. Obviously, you need to make money. That just is what it is. We live in a world. We live in a society. We live in a world where if you want to be able to live, you unfortunately do have to work. It sucks. It sucks. I wish we could all just lay out and eat fruit all day as we deserve to do, but we can't. We all have to work. But just because you are working somewhere does not mean you're giving that job your your whole life, you know? You sign a contract with somebody, it doesn't mean you're saying every free minute I have, I'm going to spend working for you because you know what, unless you're getting paid like that, unless you're getting paid like exactly as much money as would be fit somebody who's working 24 seven, then bitch, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Only do exactly what is called upon you and nothing more. I don't know why there's this culture of like you have to do above and beyond. You have to work later than your slated hours are. Otherwise, you're not doing enough. It's like, <laughs> okay, but what am I being paid for? And what's in my contract? Because if it's not in my contract and I'm not being paid to do it, then I'm either not going to do it or we're going to have a conversation about my responsibilities or my hours or my pay. Because like the math is not mathing if you're if I'm doing things that I'm not being paid for. You don't work like your job is not you're not doing things at your job out of the goodness of your heart. You're doing it because it's a job. You're getting your bread and then you're getting the fuck out of there so you can do other shit. It's like there are people who never take their paid time off because there's a culture of like shaming someone for going on vacation, which is fucking insane. It's insane. We get so little vacation. Okay, I don't mean to like rant about this, but I'm going to. We get so little paid time off. We get so little vacation time. The fact that you're like not even supposed to take it. Pardon? No, I'm going to take it. (laughs) Like if I have a paid time off, I'm going to take it. If I have vacation days, I'm going to take them. Because, like, why wouldn't I? My life is so much more important than this job. So something that I've I've found, you know, has really helped or has helped my friends or I've seen that has helped other people, it's setting boundaries for when you are accessing your work email. I know it's probably on your phone, it's on your laptop, it's super easy to check when an email rolls in, but I think it's really important to have that boundary for yourself where it's like, I am not going to check my email until 9am when the job starts, and after 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock or whatever it is, I am not checking that motherfucker you figure it out yourself. (laughs) Like, I am not working when I am not slated to work. I am only working when I'm supposed to be working. And when I'm not working, guess what I'm not going to think about? Work that's another boundary you set for yourself when work is over work is over like you are not thinking about your job you're not thinking about thinking about your job you're not thinking about work when you're not working you're coming home you're decompressing it's over it's done the dm kind of said that you know i go goblin mode and then i i feel like i'm putting my life back together depending on the job i guess this can make sense if you're going into an office that kind of just like is how it is you have to work when you're at work but if you're working from home I think just finding pockets through the day even if it's 20 minutes that just belong to you that are just you taking care of yourself you don't have a meeting from one to two amazing take that time go on a walk have your phone on you because you're it's work hours but like you know take some you time do a face mask take care of yourself in some way uh, do the dishes like do something that takes care of you and cleaning is taking care of you I know sometimes it doesn't feel like that but it is Finding a a way to kind of take care of yourself within the workday is very important because then it feels less like I'm working and then, oh my God, my life is a disaster and I have to pick everything up and it's 5 o'clock and you're so exhausted. You watch like an hour of Netflix and then you just pass out. That's tough. And obviously, sometimes you're going to have a job that is kind of like that. I mean, when I was a nanny, I was working full time. So I would get there at 8 o'clock. I would leave at 6 And I would get home and I would be so fucking tired (laughs) from being a mom all day that I would like eat dinner and then I would watch two hours of Netflix and I would go to sleep. And that was all I did. I like didn't see anybody. I couldn't do anything because I was so exhausted. And like sometimes your job is like that and it fucking sucks. But there are definitely ways. I mean, I'm, I'm not the expert here on, on how to like find time to make it, feel less like it's consuming your whole life but if you have like a typical nine to five definitely setting boundaries for when you're answering emails setting boundaries on like what you (laughs) what you will and won't do like what is within your job description and being really familiar with that contract really familiar with what your your duties are and you know what you're responsible for there's nothing wrong with like also you know helping people at work but you need to make sure that you're not Doing things because you feel like you have to when really you don't have to do them, and in fact, doing them just adds something to your life that you don't need. It's okay to kind of be the person at work that has boundaries, I know that a lot of people don't, but like, I think for your own mental well being, it's good to just be like, Hey, listen, after this time, I'm sorry, I'm not going to answer my phone because I'm a person. I'm not a worker. Like, I'm not some, like, worker bot, right? I'm a, I'm a human. I'm a whole person. Especially on weekends, work does not exist. You are not looking at your work email on the, the weekends. We're not going to do that. When it's work time, you work. You take a little time for yourself within that work day. But, you know, when it's work time, you work. That makes sense. When it is not work time, you do not work. I'm going to say it one more time. When it's work time, you work. When it's not work time, you do not work. I mean... I know plenty of people and myself included who have worked in workplaces where it was like if you're not thinking about this job 24/7, you are not doing enough and you're actually ungrateful because you don't deserve this job if you're not working 24/7. It's like motherfucker, it's a job. <laughs> it's a job. I'm not working 24/7 and my life is not my work. I am a person. That's insane. Why would I why would I do that? If you work somewhere with a culture like that, <sighs> run, quit, walk away. It's not worth it to work somewhere where the corporate, sorry, where the corporate culture is 24-7 work. Otherwise, you're not working hard enough. Because unless you're getting paid for 24-7 work, baby, it is not worth it. (laughs) It's not worth it. There is a better job, a better fit out there for you. And companies really just need to stop fucking doing that. (laughs) We don't get fucking paid maternity leave. We barely get paid time off. Like, what am I doing all this shit for you and you don't do anything for me? I know that that's easier said than done. Having that attitude of, like, if you're not doing something for me, why would I do it for you? Especially because we're not programmed, especially young women. Like, we're not programmed to be, like, quote-unquote selfish. We're not programmed to look out for ourselves in that way. But this is a scenario where you really need to practice just radically doing it. Just putting yourself first. Because I promise you these companies, they're not going to put you first ever. The only person that's going to look out for you, and I mean this, not HR, not your boss, not your work, maybe your work friend, but the only person that's going to put you first and really care about your boundaries is you. And so you just, you have to develop that muscle of, I'm going to have boundaries between my work life and my life life And it will take time to develop that muscle, but you just, you gotta do it because otherwise you might get taken advantage of and otherwise your, your life might just like be swallowed up by a job that you don't really care about as much as you care about your family, your friends, your pet, your apartment, your hobbies, your life. I could rant about this forever. It's so stressful. Like I could rant about this forever. I will not talk your ear off about it anymore, but, um. If you're having a hard time with this, I completely empathize with you. I know so many people probably also empathize with you. It's a very American condition to feel like you don't know how to have a work-life balance because we, as a, as a nation, as a nation, okay, Miranda Sings, as a nation, we don't really culturally have that work-life balance where in other cultures there's a lot better of like a work is for work and life is for life and they're not the same. And I wish we had more of a culture like that, but the only way that we can have a culture like that is if we all decide that, fuck it, we're gonna have that culture. So anyways, if you are struggling with that, I'm so sorry. I am I wish I had more solid advice. Like you said, I don't have the most traditional jobs, but yeah, I know what it's like to feel like you have to live for work instead of working to live. Um, and it's obviously very frustrating. So if you're struggling with that, I'm so sorry. I hope this helped a little bit. And I'm sure there are better resources than me that can help you with this. But yeah, let's talk about how you know if you're ready to go out and date again. I
0: know my mom me that I figured why we fool around.
1: Okay, got a lovely little DM. Why do I keep starting these segments in a Bruce accent? So sorry. I got a DM that was asking me, how do you know whether you're ready to go out and date again? And let me just tell you something, kind of a secret. You might not ever know. Like you might not ever just get like wake up one day and have this little premonition, this epiphany and think, I'm ready now. You really, you really might never feel that. And also, you might not know until you've already done it. You might not know that you're ready to be dating until you've already gone on a date and went, ooh, ooh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, six weeks after my breakup, I thought, well, I might as well try to like go out again, right? Like I might as well try. Um, and I went out with this guy, fucking sh- the shrimp and Irish coffee man. While I thought he was great, while we had a good time, and it actually made me really happy because I was like, oh, okay, like, there are great guys out there. I also did come to the realization that, like, I maybe am not quite ready to be dating again. Like, I might be, I'm over my, how do I put this? Like, I was over my ex, but not quite over the relationship. Like, I still had a lot of, like, anger and a lot of, like, things I needed to work through from dating and kind of... Things that I needed to figure out in my own head about just relationships in general and what I was looking for and what I wanted that I wanted more clarity on before I really stepped foot into the dating pool again. But I genuinely—I didn't know that until I went out with someone and was like, this is great and you're great, but I... I'm just not sure that I'm actually seriously ready. I think you know when you're not ready. I think you definitely will have that gut feeling of like, oh my God, I don't even want to look at men right now. Like, I can't do this. Maybe like two weeks out from my breakup, I was out. It might have been three. I was like out for dinner with... um with my friend and her boyfriend, her boyfriend's friend, and it was me. So kind of a double date, but like it wasn't a double date because I was obviously like just not, not doing that. And this guy I was talking to, um, her, like her boyfriend's friend, such a great guy. I'm truly like somebody that I was like, this guy fucking rocks. Big fan, 10 out of 10 man. I'll say that. Truly 10 out of 10 guy. But I knew even as I talked to him, I had that gut feeling just in my soul that I was like, I'm not really ready though to be, Flirting or like doing anything more serious than like a bar makeout or something, you know? I think I was ready physically sooner than I was ready emotionally. I think I was ready to try before I was actually ready, but I think I didn't really know in my heart and my soul until I did it. So, the best advice I can give to you is as long as you're not feeling that wholehearted rejection of like, oh my God, I cannot do this oh my god, I don't even want to look at guys, oh my god, getting on a dating app makes me want to throw up, oh my god, even talking to a guy it makes me feel really guilty or anxious or weird. As long as you're not feeling that, if you feel that kind of neutral, like, I don't know, maybe, I think it's worth going because you might go on the date and be like, okay, this person is not the one, but okay, like, I think I can start doing this. I think I can get, you know, on hinge. I think I can, you know, finally get set up with that guy my friend has been meaning to set me up with i think i'm ready or you might be like nope <laughs> nope no 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 no, and in fact no and also once again i would just want to be really clear and say no yeah you just don't know until you know you know but there is really no hard and fast rule i think people have tried to say like oh like when do you get over like a relationship okay it's it's the relation it's half the time of the relationship like maybe maybe you get over it sooner maybe it takes you a little longer it's your process it's your feelings it's your body your your life your brain your values like what feels right to you is not necessarily going to feel right to somebody else there are people who strongly believe in like hooking up with somebody else right away and that makes them feel better there are people who don't want to date for a fucking year after their relationship because it was a mess and they just can't do it there are people who are like okay I'm ready to date, but I need to take it slowly. There are people who um, actually are like, actually, I don't think I'm going to date men ever again. (laughs) Like your process post a relationship, that is your process. There's no hard and fast. Okay, after three months, you should be ready to date again. You know, like you'll know when you're ready or at the very least, you'll know when you're not not ready. You know, maybe you won't fully know until you do it, but I think as long as you're not having that full hearted rejection, that almost like full body, like almost, I guess revulsion is almost the word of like you're just your body and your mind and your heart and your soul, everything about you is rejecting the idea of meeting someone new and going out. As long as you don't feel that way, then it's worth a shot. But also, if you are kind of feeling that way, or if you literally just feel numb and neutral about it, if you're like, I really don't feel like meeting anybody new I wouldn't be opposed to it if I met somebody but I am kind of out on dating or I'm dating fatigued or I'm still really confused about my breakup or my relationship or what I really want what my values are take the take time girl or boy or envy take the time you need because if it's, it's dating there's no rush right there's no like okay, you have to move on. You have to do this. You have to do that. Like, I know there's sometimes it feels like there's a pressure of like, (laughs) okay, I'm just going to say it. You might feel like you need to move on before your ex does. And you don't. (laughs) You don't. Think about it this way. Your ex lost you. That's a fat fucking L. You know, you don't need to prove anything to them. You don't. You don't have to move on before they move on. You just follow your own pacing and there's no rush. When it comes to dating, sometimes I think it feels like you have to, like, get out and do it. And the pace has to be so fast because you're racing against time to, like, find someone. It's like, hold on, man. You are young. You have time. Even if you're not young, you have time. Because you're not finding, like, an apartment. It's not just, like, you know, something like that where it can be... You're finding someone that you want to be with forever. That's a big fucking decision. And you should take your time, you know, and make sure you're really ready for it before you do it. I think it's really bad. I think it is in bad faith to know that. I mean, part of my biggest issue with both Sailor Man and Shrimp Cocktail Man is that they were dating, but they knew they really weren't ready to be dating. Like, They both were, like, shrimp cocktail man, he got back together with his girlfriend. Like, (laughs) he was not ready to be dating. He was clearly not over his ex, and he knew he wasn't over her. But he still was dating me, and I think that that's in bad faith. I think that's shitty. Sailor man also, like, he knew he was not ready to be in a relationship with someone else after his last relationship had been kind of a mess, and he, like, hadn't really done the work to fix that, but he was dating anyway. And that's annoying. Like... (laughs) if you know you're really not ready then don't do it because it's bad faith dating and it's shitty but there's a difference between that and not being sure if you're ready or not and going on a date and being like okay I'm not ready and then taking yourself out of the dating pool you know (laughs) like like there's there's a big difference there between like dating when you know you're not ready and trying something when you're not sure and then when you are sure not hurting people by dating when you're not ready to date that was kind of a tangent but But long story short, you might not ever know. You might not ever have that feeling of like, yes, I'm ready. But as long as you're not feeling completely opposed to it, it is worth a shot if you want to. Also, I think it's a good sign if you want to. Like, if you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready, but I want to. That is worth a shot because you'll only find out when you do it. But again, I think you should always be very clear with the people you're going out with that like, oh, I just got out of a relationship and I'm not really sure if I'm ready for something right now. I think that, that that is truly just dating in good faith, just being like, I don't know if I'm ready right now. And they'll understand if after you go on the date and you're not feeling it, once you've already said that to them, you can just be like, listen, you are awesome. We had so much fun. I know I'm not in a place where I'm ready to date again. I'm so sorry for wasting your time or I'm, I'm you're really great. Maybe in a couple of months we can see each other again or something like that. But that that's completely fine. Everybody understands that. Everybody's been through that. There's nothing wrong with that. So you know, whenever you're ready, you're ready. Don't rush it. Don't worry about it. Don't look what other people are doing and you will find the right time to do it and it will feel right and it'll be great. And you're going to meet such a great person who's going to love you and be so much better for you than your last partner and who, you know, it's just going to be perfect for you. And I, I really want that for you. So I'm manifesting it for you. And with that, besties, I think that's about all we, that's about all I got to say today. I cannot believe I made it through this. I, to con- I must confess this to you. I recorded the entire episode. I recorded the whole thing and then I realized I didn't press record. So that was just me redoing it. And I thought I was going to snap at first and then I was like, no, fuck it. It's okay. Take two. It'll be fun. It'll be fine. And I think we did have a good fun, fine time. Let's do our song of the week. Our song this week is our first Taylor Swift song of the podcast. I know it's taken us 11 episodes to get there, but finally I felt it was appropriate, given what we talked about with uh, work this week. The song of the week is You Know When It's Time to Go by Miss Taylor Allison Swift. This is a song about knowing when it's time to get out of a situation that does not serve you. Um, And I just think it's really applicable for what we're going through right now and I love you guys. I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so much. You have no idea. I appreciate you clicking on the ads. I appreciate everything that you're doing for me right now. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. Um, I love you guys. You can join my Discord. There's a link on my profile. You can um, follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at Ellie underscore Schnitt on Instagram, Holy underscore Schnitt on Twitter. If you like Taylor Swift, you can listen to my Taylor Swift um, podcast with Spotify Green Room. It's every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, and also is repurposed as a podcast on Spotify uh, every Thursday morning. So it should be there. If you just search up Taylor Talk, you can follow that, follow me. And I think that's everything. So I love you guys. I love you so, so, so much. I hope you have a great week. Yeah, I love you. Have a good day. Have a good night. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope it is a good one. And I will catch you on the next one. Bye. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit BetterHelp.com LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot L-N-D.